it is the Lord I God that gave the power to produce wealth. Today was concerned, focus on how you can turn that power loose to create godly wealth. What an expose. Lift up your voice and just thank God. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his knowledge. Thank God for his glory. Thank God for the manifestation of his peace and power. Father, we exalt you. And now thank God for what God will do tonight. Father, we exalt your name for what you will do tonight. Greater than what you have done since Monday. It's the seventh day of the new month. Lord, we bless you. We bless you. We exalt you. We magnify your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we are praised. Yes, Dickin Nee. Thank you, Pastor. Good evening, everyone. Um, and to start off first tonight, I'd like to invite Dickin Emmanuel Amifula to lead the first prayer point. Thank you. I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of First Kings, chapter three, verse six. It reads, Solomon answered, "You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David." because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. I want us to pray that the Lord will make us faithful. He will make us upright and he will make us righteous to the end. Let us begin to pray. Heavenly Father, we glorify your name. Lord, your word says of our God that you, your servant David, was faithful, he was righteous, and he was upright. Lord, we ask of our God that you make us faithful, you make us upright, and you make us righteous of our God. Give us an upright heart of our God, that we may be able to come before you at all times of our God, to the very end of our God. And you give us a heart that is totally faithful unto you, of our God. Lord Jesus, that you will to take and join our hearts of our God. Help us to be able to serve you to the very end of our God. Lord, we ask of our God that your name be glorified in everything that we ought to do of our God. Lord, when we go out, when we speak to our friends, when we speak to our peers, Lord, your word will go Your words will speak to us of our God. That your word will manifest your love in our hearts of our God. Lord, we shall be found Lord, the name of the Lord, that we want to be that so In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, can I now invite Sister Victoria from Berlin? Sister Victoria from Berlin, give us a second prayer point, please. Good evening, everyone. My Bible reading is taken from from First Kings chapter three, verse ten to verse fourteen. And he says, The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. 
So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for that of your enemies, but discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor. So that you life, so that in your lifetime you have no equal among kings, and if you walk in obedience to my, to me, and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. The thing I think the Lord wants us to uh, want us to understand after reading this chapter is that He appeared to Solomon in a dream and asked him what he wanted. What he wanted most in life. Since Solomon asked for wisdom, God gave that to him and so much more. God wants us to see that he is giving us a similar choice individually today. God is pleading with each one of us to walk in all his ways and love him above all else. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And God wants us to see what happened in the court case between the two prostitutes who had children, but one of them died. He wants us to see an example of the wisdom that he gave to Solomon. What did you think the first time when you heard that the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream? Did you realize he can also do the same thing in this current day? So let us begin to pray that God should give us the spirit of the sermon to know what is right and what is wrong. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, please in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, give us a willing heart to obey your command, to be obedient to, to your word, so that you, so that, that what your purpose is for us will be fulfilled in our life. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, make us to obey your command, so that you, so that you will give us what you have not asked for you. Lord, bless every youth of CFT. Lord, let us obey in your command. Anything what you tell us to do, let us obey your command. Lord, anything that is not of God in our life, Lord, take it from us in the mighty name of Jesus. Anybody that is hindering not to obey your command, Lord, remove them from our life in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, take more of me. Give me more of you. Lord, take more of me. Give me more of you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, let us be obedient to your command in the mighty name of Jesus. Any bad spirit in our life, God, remove it from us in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us ask things that can that can uh, help other people. Let us just not let, don't let us think only of ourselves. Let us think about other people too. Let us have a pure heart, a pure mind to help people. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we give all the glory, we give all the honor. Let we thank you for it as we done. Father, we thank you, we glorify your name. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Victoria. Can I now invite Sister Christine from Berlin to give us the third prayer point? Okay. Our prayer point comes from the book of First Kings, chapter 3 and verse 9. I'm going to cross-reference that also with Matthew. Uh, verse 9 says, Therefore, give to your servants an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge these great people of yours? One important thing that we need to to see in uh, King Solomon's request to God was he asked something that God easily granted and it pleased God because he asked something that is in the heart of God. 
the God we are serving and the God that has called us to his kingdom and to live for his purpose is a God that invests in people. The kingdom of God and the reason Jesus came and died and rose again was actually to save us. It was all about the human, the human person. So what Solomon asked here touched the heart of God because he asked something that touched on humanity. He needed wisdom. He needed understanding heart to be able to rule over the nation of Israel. Now, if you look at the book of Matthew, chapter 6 and verse 33, it's the same thing that happens when the Bible says that, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I want us as youth to understand that in fulfilling our purpose and our mandate here on earth, if anything you're going to do and whatever you're going to touch on and all the gifts God will put into you, if they're not able to impact humans, they're not able to transform people, it doesn't affect the souls of men. It does not change anybody, whether you'll be in politics, in banking, whatever career you get and whatever calling you have, if it does not have the power to transform and bring the light of God around you, then you have not fulfilled your purpose. Let us pray that the Lord will enable us to fulfill his purpose, his mandate here on us, impacting the lives that we come across in the span of our lifetime. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all the youth in Christ Faith Tabernacle and the Church of Christ globally. I pray that the purpose for which you have called us will have a lasting transformation among the people we meet. Wherever you have called us, all the giftings that we have, we pray, God, that we are going to have the power to touch and impact and bring the light of Christ in every sphere of our life. Thank you, King of Kings, that our desires and our our plans and whatever we will ever ask you for will align itself with the will of the Father. It will align itself with your purpose, the reason for which you sent Christ Jesus to die. Humanity, life, everyone that comes in our path, may the light of God shine through us to them in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you and we honor you. Just like King Solomon asked for an understanding heart to rule your people. And the Bible tells us that we should seek first your kingdom and all these other things will be added unto us. I pray that you will put it in our hearts that we are going to seek only things that matter to you. Whatever our purpose and our mandate is here on earth, let it be Christ-centered. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Um, can I now invite Brother Peter Anthony to take the next prayer point? Uh, my prayer is going to be taken from a combination of uh, Hebrews 10 um, and then also from uh, Romans 12. Uh, Hebrews 10 touches on the fact that Jesus is uh, or was the ultimate sacrifice, that there are repetition of uh, giving animals and goats and, and, and sheep. Um, again and again, this wasn't enough and that Jesus gave himself saying Hebrews 10 uh, verse 5. It says, therefore, when Christ came into the world, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings. You were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will. O God. Um, Romans 12, 1. Many of us will know 
talks about do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world be transformed by the renewing of your mind and it says then you'll be able to test and approve god's will he's good pleasing and perfect will and i just want us to see the correlation between the fact that god requires us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice um goats and other platitudes weren't enough in terms of providing that ultimate sacrifice and jesus had to come and be the ultimate sacrifice so we ourselves need to give our lives on a daily basis as that ultimate sacrifice uh and then in this convention we're going to ask that as we've gone through it and the apostles have been teaching us and uh we've been increasing knowledge and wisdom and knowledge of god uh, that our minds will continue to be renewed and it's through that renewal of mind it's through that knowledge of god that we'll be able to access purpose uh in jesus name let's pray heavenly father we just thank you lord god we thank you, Lord God, because in your word, Lord God, you make clear, Father God, that sacrifices and offerings uh, you did not desire, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, because your word says that you are seeking for true worshippers, Lord God. Help us to worship you, Lord God, with the sacrifice of our lives, Lord God. To not conform any longer, Lord God, to the ways of this world, but, Father, to present ourselves on a daily basis, King of glory, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto you, mindful of what we think, O oh God, mindful of what it is that uh, we say, O oh God, mindful of the, the, the places that we go to and the people that we interact with, Lord God. Father, we're meditating daily on your word, Father, so that our minds may be renewed lord god allowing us to be transformed from within lord god we know father god that as we walk with you lord god that is where uh, we'll be able to stand firmly in the middle of your will lord god your word says it's then that we'll be able to test and approve what your will is lord god your good pleasing and your perfect will Father God, help our hearts, Lord God, to submit to you, Lord God, in everything. Help our hearts and our minds, Lord God, to submit to you, Lord God, in everything that we're doing, Lord God. Father God, even as Jesus was a blameless uh, 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 sacrifice without blemish, Lord God, we know that it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us, Lord God, and makes us a holy and acceptable sacrifice before you, King of glory. Sovereign God, transform us from within, within our minds, Lord God, within our hearts, Lord God. Let us be renewed, Lord God. Let our minds be renewed. Father, we know that we have the mind of Christ. King of glory, enable us to operate in that mind of Christ as we present ourselves to you on a daily basis, Lord God. King of glory, we just bless and we magnify your holy name, Lord God. Even as we reach, Lord God, the, the, the home straight of this convention, Father, we ask, Lord God, that our minds will be completely transformed and the word that we will receive tonight, Lord God, will, will renew us, Lord God, completely. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we pray. Amen. Um, finally tonight, I'd like to invite Dickin. Asuko from Lagos, Nigeria. Good evening, everyone. My prayer point will be taken from um, the book of Joel, chapter 2, from verse 25. And it reads, I will repay you the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts, the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarms, my great army that I sent amongst you. You know, some time ago, even um, I think um, two days ago, I was listening to Apostle while he was um, preaching. He talked about, he said that some, you know, some ministers of God, you know, they don't know that God actually permitted, you know, this COVID-19 to ravage the earth. You know, he talked about it and um, he laughed over it. He said, it's very, very sad that a lot of them, rather than them go to God and ask God for the reason, the purpose for this COVID-19, you know, ravaging the earth, a lot of them didn't know, you know, they didn't know about it. And now, as um, my prayer point is, there's as Christians and as children of God, if you really look into it, you'll discover that we've, um, even as Christians, we too, we've lost a lot of things. You know, we've, for those of uh, for students in school, they've lost um, some time. For businessmen, they've lost a lot of things. You know, for, for people who've invested money, 
They've lost so many. Lost all through this we're going to pray that Father repeat because part of the purpose that God had ordained us is that we will benefit from the earth. He said we'll have dominion over all the earth. So we're going to pray that Father, everything we have lost, repay unto us, Lord. You know, people have lost business. I was listening to a man talk on the other day on radio. Contract and he invested is a lot of money into business only for you know the lockdown to happen. So we're going to pray, Father, in everything that we have lost, Lord, repay unto us. All the years as locals have eaten, repay unto us in every area of our lives. Let's open our mouth and pray. Father, King of glory, we thank God, Father, for your word says that you're going to repay us all the years the locals have eaten. Father, it is your purpose, O Lord, King of glory, it was part of your purpose, you know, Father, that you allowed the COVID-19 to ravage the earth, Lord, to ravage the whole world. Father, we thank you, O ancient of days, because you said you will not leave your children alone, you will not leave us empty-handed. But you said you're going to repay unto us all the years the locals have beaten. So, Father, we pray that in every area of our lives that we've lost, Lord, we pray that you repay us all those years because the repayment you're going to give unto us, Father, will even lead us, will propel us, Father, even towards achieving our purpose. So, Father, we pray, your King of glory, in our academics, in our businesses, in every area of our lives, Father, spiritually, in every area that we have lost, we pray, O King of glory, that you repay unto us in the mighty name of the Lord, Jesus Christ. Father, repay unto us, O King of glory. Father, repay us. And the good thing about you, Lord, is that when you repay, Father, you said we shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. We shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. It is your purpose, O King of glory, that we, your children, we shall be satisfied in everything we do. Because you said in everything we do, you said you shall we shall crown all our efforts, O Lord, with success, Lord. So, Father, part of the success is that we shall be satisfied. We pray, King of glory, that in everything that we have lost, Lord, in everything we've lost in our businesses, in our area, in every areas of our life, Lord, repay unto us, O Lord, all those years that we have lost. Repay unto us, O Lord, the years we've lost in academics, in our businesses, spiritually, everything, Lord, repay them unto us, and we shall eat and be satisfied. We shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. We give you all the glory and honor. We thank you because we know for sure, O King of Glory, that you would fulfill those things. Your purpose for us, Father, shall definitely be made manifest. Give you all the glory and honor. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holiness. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Can I now hand over back to Apostle? Apostle. That is very interesting. All the prayers that you have been praying over the period, I am so much... um, I'm so much impressed. I want to, 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 to lead you to a song, especially from the, from the um, prayers that were led uh, from, I will talk to all in, in line with all the prayers, but the prayer that were led from Brother Emmanuel to um, the, the sisters from Germany, uh, Sister Victoria, Sister Christine, and then Brother Peter. If you look at that scripture that Brother Peter ended up the prayer in, all those prayers are targeting God saying, who can we rely upon in this season? Who can go for us? So they are targeting who can go for us. And um, the last prayer that was led, the solution of it is all what we have been discussing. Because God, God is storing back the years of the locusts. It's for you to know what God requires you to do. And I, I'll be addressing that after a brief, just about two minutes. But I want to also explore the fact that God is saying, who will go for us and who shall we send? I'm so glad 
uh, you know, in my heart for all the prayers led because, you know, those of you who led prayers today, I would say that this is the kingpin of the whole week because you led prayers from the scriptures of the day. And that speaks volume. But before I go about uh, sharing with you, I discovered that on your program, what you have today is um, the uh, visions and fulfillment. And I want to say to all that visions and fulfillment, we have been, the, all what we have been discussing from Monday till now, they are the elements needed for a, a person to fulfill vision. But however, before we go into vision and fulfillment, which is under the topic of God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. That is the theme of our convention. I want to start from the last prayer that was prayed, that the brother who led us to pray that God will restore the years the locusts are beaten and all things like that. Now, I want to remind you that God sent disaster to rebuke the world and to caution the church. So when God sent disaster or when God sends a plague, he said it. It is because the iniquity of man has got to the peak and together with the iniquity of the church global. And the only way God can draw the attention of people and call them back is by sending a plague or disaster. God uses that disaster for a purpose. And the purpose of God is to draw the heart of the church back to the real word of God. So that people can now face God rather than facing their success and facing material world and godlessness. But God does it to the world so that the world may look for the God of Israel and repent before him. And that is, that is the reason why before this plague, I can remind all of you who are members of Christ with Abanaku, God told Christ with Abanaku before this plague. For 11, 7 to 11 years, I prepared every one of you, encouraging you to read more, to add more to your values and stuff. And because of that, I also stepped into going back to read and read and read, only because I wanted to practicalize what I'm telling you, so that I can motivate you. And then also, God began to teach us various lectures to change the, the mindsets that we have. So that our mindset will not be just to have a success, but to have good success, as the Bible says. And over the years, we have seen people, you know, even grandmothers, grandfathers, and uh, fathers, and young, uh, and old, go back, but aiming for the best. Because your best will give God the glory. Your best will give your God the glory. The Bible says, whatever you do, do with all your heart as unto God. And we achieve that in Christ's tabernacle. Beginning from our children who got, uh, you know, you know, their results from their second school living certificate levels and all what first degree, second degree, and people started having distinctions. Okay, then God now told us when we're entering this year that this is the year that three things will happen this year: one, plague will come this year; two, economic crisis will come this year, which God has spoken over for years now. And he said it will be the, the greatest and the deepest economic crisis. And he said the revival will start. But God told us that that economic crisis will be so deep because God said he will collide with the God of the world, which is mammon, money. So people who have been Christians, who their heart is money, 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 God will destroy everything. So that they will know that it's God, 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 no money, money, money. The whole world who have been going for money, 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 God will destroy them. And God said that the, the leaders of the world will say we don't know what to do. 
And if you look at when this started, the leaders have been saying, we don't know what to do. The leaders, the economy of the world is crashed because God said he would do so. But God promised those of us who are, who are God's people, and I read the promise to you. In Psalm 37, verse 19, he gave it to Christ with Abanaku to read for years. And then this year he said, I'm taking it to the beginning. What did he say? In times of disaster, they will not wither. So none of us in CFT wither during this COVID-19. As God had promised us. He said, days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. Nobody in this in CFT church is not in plenty. That is the reason why God is you know, closing this conference or bringing in the youth conference, God gave you purpose. So that everything you need to do to succeed in life and get into the plenty, that is what is going We have been having testimony among our youths during this COVID, beginning from the month of March. Many of our youths are getting top jobs now because they are sacking people, but in CFT people are rising to the top. Because God said, you have to shake the government of the world. And he told us the reason is because God doing this shaking, he will, he will take people up who are his, his children so that we can get to the place of authority and power because God will, God will use that in the end time revival so that we can be in policy making position. We can earn better and we can give better and the church can have more finance. Then it can, the church can have more people in the decision making of every nation so that those people will now be used by God Come the anointing that is coming for revival to spread throughout the whole world. And if you look at what God is doing, it's perfect. Every Christian that I know lost their job, they lost their job to get better paid job and higher level job. That's what has been happening among us. We are, some have lost their job, but the moment they lose their job, and according to the prayer we have been praying, God spoke prophetically each day. Second day manifestation happened. God will speak another day. Second day manifestation happened. And people are getting jobs that are higher than what they used to earn before. Testimonies therefore from everybody. So I want us to know that, you know, the, the season we are, God is shaking all that should be shaken. So that those things cannot be shaken will remain. And so that God can exalt the hand of his people. So if any child of God, you know, loses job and you can't find a job, let me tell you the first thing you must do is probably be getting a job. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. Let me read it from verse 13 again. Because all these things matter to what we are discussing. Second Chronicles chapter um, 7 from verse 13. Because this shaking that is going on, God will shake more. I've told you that it's just the beginning. The recession is going to go deeper as we enter the month of October to December. There will be terrible. I told you that, you know, you know, all what you have been hearing is just the surface. The central bank of the whole world will soon come up with real information to let you know how deep it is. All right. So, and God has told us that for our own country, England, we are going, we are going to have heat for three years, but we will recover within three to seven years. The Lord has told us that in this house, and everybody who hear me, and you live in any country, it is your duty as a child of God to pray and hear God for your country. For Britain, we are watchmen of our country, and God, we sought him, and he told us. And if you look at the um, governor of our central bank came, in, came on, on screen yesterday to tell us that two things that compound the recession we have, number one is COVID. The second one is the Brexit. And then he's telling us now that government have to take more measures 
to be able to accommodate this law and also create wealth for people. And he told us industries like uh, hospitality will be affected. And of course, he told us other things that we should take care of. But you know also, God has said to us, during this crisis, as people will bow their knees before God, God will give you revelations. And I have some of our youths, I'm so impressed by our youths. Some of them are coming, in this period that you are, they are getting contracts. Some of them who set up companies, they are buying properties, they are getting contracts. Those who are, who are planning to marry are getting, uh, you know, get, getting to. And also, you know, some people are setting up companies in CFT right now, looking into how do, which, what, what areas, uh, you know, of trade will Brexit affect in UK. And they have they've started to look for how to mitigate it, how to put your head into the area. Because money don't disappear. It is like the ocean. If you draw it here, it move, if you drag it here, it flows to the other place. So this time around, therefore, it's for God's people to begin to seek God so that they can know where the wealth of the world is and they can put their head into it. So it is a celebration time for us. If you look at that scripture, therefore, Second Chronicles 7, 13, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, which is what is happening now. What you Christians do is in verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. So when God sent plague and he shake all these things and people are losing life, losing money, what is God saying to the church? Come on, get on your knees and check yourself. Reconcile with God completely. Let me say this. Does God not know the end of the matter before the beginning? Mm -hmm. As they are sacking people in various organizations, other organizations are employing people. Does God not know where you should get a job? Can God not pick you up and put you there? Can he not reveal to you by dream, like, you know, the prayers that have been prayed today about Solomon, that he, he got a dream, and we, that's what, what we're going to, the key scripture we're looking at today is about Solomon. If God can show Solomon in a dream and appear to him, this time around, God is saying to you, he can do so to you also. He can do so to every child of God on earth. And this is where your faith must get into. So the duty of a believer is not to struggle when people are struggling. No, it is not to be confused when people are confused. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit. It is not to feel or direct it when the Holy Spirit is inside you. Who knows tomorrow before today? Who knows where and what things should happen? God says you humble yourself as a child of God. Bend your knees and seek God. Some of you have been too busy looking for what you will eat and drink. This is time to check out yourself from all those schedules and really serve God. What about if today all of us die? What will you tell God? What are you going to give him? And we know that this week God affirmed that we have a purpose for living. Mm -hmm. And that that purpose will be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so it's a time to bend our knees and seek God truly. And repent of our ways. Our attitude towards God's things, towards the church, attending services that will rob ourselves, work, 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 work. Come on, change the way you behave. And then focus on God. Mm -hmm. And pray and seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. If there be any wicked ways in you, change from it. And then he says, I will hear from heaven. And the Lord will hear you all in this season. But you must bend your knees to seek him truly. That is to search yourself truly. And be sincere to yourself. Now, to open up into... Oh, what I'm reading to you now is part of how to make vision fulfilled. 
all right, is under, you must align your vision to the purposes of God. You know, let me read the second one that was read by uh, Brother Peter too. Look at the book of Hebrew 10. Brother Peter was, was Hebrew 10 tells us about Jesus' purposes at the end of it. You know, if you look at that Hebrew chapter 10, what that Hebrew revealed is the two mandates, the two purposes of Jesus Christ. Yes. Okay, let me look at the verse 8 as I was pointed to. No, it's not, it's not verse 8. Yeah, it's Romans chapter 9, verse 28. What did he say? He says, let me read from verse 27. Just as a man, just as man is destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment. Verse 28 of Hebrews 9 says, So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So the two purposes of Jesus on earth, to appear on earth first of all, to die for the sins of the world. He achieved it. And he did that. Alright, so you understand now. Sorry about that interruption. So the scripture says that Jesus has two mandates. One mandate is to come to the earth first and die. So that people can be saved from their sins. The second mandate of Jesus is to come back and take those who have been saved away before he destroyed the world. And he achieved the two mandates. Now, let me take you through a few things. Write this down for tonight. We are going to look at the, under the topic, visions and fulfillment. All right? We are going to look at, you are made for a purpose. You are made for, you must be convinced that you are made for a purpose. God created you for a purpose. You must be convinced. That conviction should not be subject to any physical thing you can see. Whether you have, you are, you are, uh, you know, um, disabled or you are not disabled. Uh, whether you have all your limbs working, you don't have some limbs. You are made for. Now we are going to go very, very fast. Number one, God has a plan for you. Write it down. And the scripture to that is Jeremiah chapter one, four and five. We have explained that in our previous lecture. You must know this. Number two, God's plan for you is good. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans afterwards. He declares the Lord plans, you know, to prosper you and not to harm you. Give you hope and a future. All right? So, number three, you are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. Look, some people, their parents say they made mistakes by conceiving them. Like some people, your parents have given birth, finished, and they sealed up their womb, but did something never to conceive again. And suddenly, they conceived you. At the time, they don't want a child anymore. Some people, their father, their, their father and their mother had disputes, you know, while they were conceived. That, you know, it's not my child, it's your child, and all stuff like that. And they broke the marriage. You understand me? But I want to tell you, your parents may make mistakes, but you are not a mistake. That's what the Lord told me to tell you. If you look at the life of Ishmael in the book of Genesis chapter 16, 
When Abraham waited and Sarah and the promise of God did not happen. 30 years they waited. So what happened? Sarah fixed her maid. And Abraham had intercourse with the mate of Sarah and gave back to Ishmael. And that became a problem and then the woman now, the slave girl, began to, you know, um, speak against the, the place you are by. You know, God, um, the woman, the, Sarah decided to send them out. And God told Abraham, do what your wife said. And he was kicked out. But if you look at when, when Ishmael was kicked out of the house of Abraham, all right? The angel of the Lord appeared to, Ishmael, to the mother and told the mother, Hagar, that look, this child came from a man of promise and I also will make him great. So that child had a purpose. Though the child, the parents thought the, 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 the child came about by their mistake because Sarah regretted that she did that. However, that child is not, was not a mistake. That child came for a purpose. And God blessed the child. And if you look at the descendant of the child today, they are mighty in the world. I will get there now. So you must know that you are not a mistake, regardless of your case that surrounds your bodies. Number four, you are not a mistake. Number two, yeah, I gave you three. Uh, you are not a mistake. Number four, there is no circumstance that predates you. All right? That will affect God's purpose. Let's say you are given wrong name. Your name is called useless. Because your parents suffered so much pain about around you. And then they, when they came back, your mother was not happy. You called this child useless. It doesn't matter the name you bear. The name you bear cannot change the purpose of God. Look at the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 4, 9 to 8. 9 to 10. It's a very short story. But very, very pregnant. He said Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave back to him in pain. The word Jabez means affliction. But someone to give back to a child and name the child affliction or useless, miserable. Because <coughs> the mother suffered when the boy was conceived. But let me tell you something. He was. It, that, that name did not stop his physical physique. He was most honorable. He is a man of great standing in his appearance. However, he amounted to nothing. Do you know why? The reason why a bad name over a person can affect the, the person's uh, 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 operation is because he was dwelling on that name. So he's dwelling on what that name is and the stories he was told is what programmed his mind to become almost what the name said. But this man recognized that that is not God. So in verse 10 he said, Jabez cried out to God of Israel. He recognized that God did not create Jabez to be useless. God cannot give Jabez a very uh, a great physique, a man who stands and is impressive than any other person. And yet he amounted to something, nothing. That cannot be from God. So he cried to God and says, Oh, that you may bless me and enlarge my authority. He said, Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. What happened? 
and God granted his request. So you understand the fact that, you know, if, you're, if you're, you have a bad history, maybe you came from bad family, nobody succeeded in your family, and, you know, you follow the same traits, anything they do in your family is you always uh, ending up in disaster or in failure, no matter how much they struggle, they, they, you know, they don't get well, and that is happening to you. Some people will say you have directional curses. You are not. You didn't have any directional curse. What happened is that that mindset in that family, you also have accepted it, and that is what you are operating but if you can turn away from that and turn to the God of Israel who created you, who has a purpose for your life, the day you do that, your mindset will change. And your mindset will now set on the purpose of God. Once you align your mind with the purpose of God, forget it. You don't need to do deliverance at all. You only need to change your mindset to recognize that God cannot lie. Anything contrary to God is a lie. And God said, I know my plan towards you. The plan to prosper you. Not to harm you. That's what happened to Jabez. Number five, your disability is not a deterrent to your destiny. You might be born disabled. You might have a, a handicap or a particular hindrance as you are growing up. All right? But I want to tell you, you don't, you don't, you don't, that, that cannot stop your destiny. I will give you a few scriptures, but you have to go and read it. The one I will read to you and then I'll give you others is the book of John chapter 9 verse 1 and 3. 1 to 3. He says, as he went along, he saw a man born blind. This is Jesus. His disciple asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. Are you not aware of this? That people always want to know why did I get to this position? What's your business on how you got to a bad position? If you can pray and ask God why, why didn't you pray to God? Short, short prayer. God, take me out of this like Jabez did. Wasting your time to look for why? If why is what you ask, God give you why. But why does not solve your problem? Your problem is that the hand of God should come upon you. Contact with Jesus will change your own life. The, the, your, your issue is that God will turn that mystery into celebration. Because God has good plan for you. Even if the situation is bad, that means that is not God. God has it, God allowed it for a reason, and it can only be one reason that God can be glorified. That is what the, the only reason why God can allow such situation. The guy was born blind. But human beings always have all manners of things. Oh, is it the father who sinned? It is the great father. It is the grandfather. It is the sins of their generation. It is causes that came from that. In that family, they are always blind. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. This man, Jesus said, when he answered him, he said in verse 3, neither this man nor his parents sin. Don't let people's interpretation of your situation determine how you go in your life. Don't let it. Don't listen to people, especially when they speak from their own head. And it's contrary to the word of faith. I have shown you in Isaiah and in Jeremiah 29, 11 that God said he has a good plan for you. I have shown you in Isaiah chapter 14, 24 that God said that as I plan, it shall be as I purpose, it will stand. And it's also that his purpose is good. So if your circumstance is not good, it means that God has a, a, a miracle to do in your life. That miracle is what you must choose to meet, have encounter with Jesus. And he said, Jesus said, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. So I will say to you, if you have any hindrance in your life today, know it for sure that the reason why God permitted it is not your business. 
Don't ask God, why, why me? Or why did I, why, why is it that it's only me among people? That's somebody have to be. But this is what you must know. God cannot allow an ugly situation only, but for one reason. The reason is that God may display his glory in your life. Your mystery shall turn up to glory of God. I say your handicapping, God will use it to glorify his name. Your limitation, God will use it to glorify his name. He will turn your tragedy to triumph. He will turn your tribulation to, to, to triumphant celebration. This is God for you. Don't let people put you down for what you are not. Or what you are not able to do. Don't let people ramp you with others. I told you during the week that some people will be telling you, your mates have done this, your mates have done that. It's irrelevant. If anybody tell you that, rebuke that person and say, the Lord rebuke you, whoever it may be. It is Satan who speaks from their mouth. You know, some time ago, I told you in CFT, if a person is not married, either man or woman, and you are growing in age, and people are saying to you that, all of us, your mates are married, tell them that I'm not my mates. <laughs> tell them, reply that immediately, because that is not a word from God. You must not rush into marriage because if you rush into it, people push into it and you go into wrong place. They are the one who will be making jest of you because they are just flesh and blood and they have no spirit of God. Or they do, they do not submit to the counsel of heaven. Mm-hmm. Are we together now? Even if twins are born out of the same womb and they came out the same minute, let's say that happened, which is not possible. But if it does happen, they have different times in life to fulfill different things. As programmed by God, mm-hmm. important thing for you is that serve God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. The rest is history. God will fix you up. Don't let mortal men with their own useless mouth confuse you. Don't let the word of man move you mm-hmm. if that word is not in line with what God is saying. You can imagine this blind guy, when he made Jesus that they should celebrate, even the disciples at the time, they are supposed to celebrate. They are asking that, who, who is the one who caused the problem? What's your business? When I see sick people in my meetings and I pray for them, I don't care how the sickness comes. I never ask God why the sickness came there. Why would the sickness be there? If Jesus said, by my stripes you are healed, then somebody has to be sick to be able to enjoy that promise. So when they bring such people, enter into the promise and command the sickness and you see miracle happen. Whether somebody that is a witch in their house who is doing something, whether there is a devil somewhere, it's nonsense. Useless. You will never see anybody that Jesus is that he said to him that it is Satan who is doing this. So you have you you, you need serious prayer. We serious prayer. If you don't have authority, go you, you who minister prayer. If you don't have authority, go first and meet God and get it before you come and talk. Mm-hmm. I will get the now. So your disability is not a deterrent to your destiny. Well, if you look at the book of Moses, Exodus chapter 3 from verse 1 to 14, write it down. I won't explain it, but you, you, you can read that when you get home. God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, and God showed him all manners of miracles and signs. even put his hand in his heart, in his clock. He brought it out, became leprous, he put it back, he put it back, and it was okay. He said, put your rod down. The rod was put on the ground. He picked the rod up uh, the ground. Once he got to the ground, it became serpent. He ran. He said, no, don't run for it. He picked it up again. He picked it up. It became... And after all, God has done all these miracles to this man. Can you not imagine? If you read from chapter 4, 1 to 13, this man was saying to God that, but God, I can't you can't send me this kind of mandate. And then God tried to convince him again and again and again. He said, what, by the way, if I go to Pharaoh and then 
They asked me, who sent me? What is your name? <laughs> because, you know, he was raised in Egypt. And he knows the, God, the names of each of the gods of Egypt. He feared them like, you know, until God showed up to show him that, look, I am the one who created all this stuff. So God said, okay, tell them that I am I sent you. I love that. <laughs> God wants to flex his mercy. What is the meaning of I am? Uh, it confuses him more. You want confusion? Okay. You want to know the God? Tell them I am. Hallelujah. But that I am is the name that solves all problems. To the sick, I'm the healer. To the poor, I'm the one that enriches you. It is, I am, it, it, it suits every good thing of God. And then he said to God, do you know, do you know I'm a stammerer? And then God said, who gave you your mouth? Who created your mouth to stammer? I am the one who created you. I made you stammer. Mm-hmm. You know, some people will say it is devil who did it. God said he's the one. Mm-hmm. Who will question God? Why? When he makes someone stammer, and that person still is successful in stammering. And you have many people who don't stammer, but they don't, cannot reach that height. Is that not God showing his splendor and power? Mm-hmm. Let me say this to you. Don't allow your disability to hinder you. Mm-hmm. Then number six, God works out everything according to his counsel. You must know this. It doesn't matter what happens to you. If you can focus on God, God will work it around. John chapter 9, verse 4. To verse 7. He works everything according to his cancer. You look at how he healed that man. God, Jesus said that as long as there is day, you know, I must do the work of him who sent me. And verse 5, he says, while I'm still in the world, I'm the light of the world. Then verse 6, he says, having said this, he spat on the ground, made some mud with his saliva, and put it into, into the man's eyes. Go. He told him, wash in the pool called Sidon. This means sent. So the man went and washed, and he could see. God works everything according to the cancer. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 tells you that. Number 7, God cannot change his mind. He can't change his mind about you. Even if you misbehave and mess up, God's mind is still for you. That's why when you repent and come to him, he will still receive you. But you will suffer for that misbehavior. So that you have a lesson that you can teach other people. When you are growing older, that don't do that thing. I did it. This is the punishment. Understand? And number eight, you must align your vision with God's purpose. Now, for ten minutes, I will read to you just where all the prayer points came today. First Kings chapter three, verse five to fifteen. That is a man, example of a man who aligned his purpose with. God. A man who aligned his purpose with God. First Kings chapter 3. Today in our Bible studies, that's what we studied. Let me read from verse 5. And let us see here how vision can be fulfilled. All those things I'm telling you, you, you put them down, you have them in your mind as preambles. And then we look at this man. He says, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, Ask for whatever you want me to do for you. And his sister who led in prayer from Germany said, if God can appear to, give, uh, to, to um, uh, Solomon, he can appear to you and I too, in the dream. When we read this today, I tried to write uh, you know, on, on vision of the night. I've talked several about vision of the night. Now I started writing on it. So I can teach you more. 
people that God appeared to in the dream, and you see that they all have the same type of behavior towards God. Now, God said, ask for whatever. Now, let me say this. Whenever a person has the privilege to ask for anything, that is where you can know the true mind of the person. And you can know whether your, your, plan, your life is, in, you know, your plan or your vision is in line with God's will. The sister said that all of us should pray. That, you know, she was, when she was explaining the prayer, she said that anything you aspire to become, if it does not affect humanity positively to God's glory, he said it's not from God. Mm-hmm. I want to be a doctor. Why? You want to make money useless. That's why God should frustrate it. I want to be a businessman so that I can live, you know, that's why God will frustrate it. Anything you want to be, because God ordained you for a purpose and is working you through his global purpose. That's the reason why anything you are doing, if it is not in line with God's global purpose, God will not let it succeed. And you consider me that what about people who succeed? I will that. And you will see what, what their success gives you. So therefore, verse 6 says, Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David. And one of the prayers was led from there, I think, from the king, um, 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 Emmanuel. Because he was faithful to you. Did you see here? Principles of fulfilling vision by God. Faithfulness unto God, that's number one. And righteous, number two. An upright in heart. Number three, discipline in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. If it was some other people or Christians that God said, ask anything. Yeah, money, 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 Lord, money. That's what is in their head. You don't need money. They don't spend money in heaven. And God don't give money. He said that will give money. Money is different from riches. And it's different from wealth. Now he says. Verse 7. He first thanked God for letting him sit on the throne. Now he now said. Now O Lord my God. You have made, you, you have made your servant king in place of my father. But I am only a little child. Humility before God. And do not know how to carry out my duties. Listen to this. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen. A great people too numerous to count or number. You know it is, the, it is God's duty to take care of those people. So when God appointed him as king, he's asking God that this is your duty you have assigned me to do. But how can I do it? How can I do it? You are the great king of the, you know, the king above all the earth. Now you are asking me to run this office. But I'm young. I don't have experience. So he says, so God, this is the bargain. Give your servant a discerning heart. He didn't ask God for money. He didn't ask God for fame. He didn't ask God for glory. He didn't ask God for anything than the two needed to fulfill the vision. And that is in line with God's purpose. You can see his heart. The reason why God frustrates the intention of many Christians is because, you remember 2 Chronicles 
uh, chapter 28, uh, eight, uh, eight verse 9. Uh, 1 Chronicles 28 verse 9. That the Lord looks at the heart mm-hmm. and, you know, he sees the intention of the heart. And if, yeah, and you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and, of, and serve him with wholehearted devotion. You see that that's David giving his son the, the nugget. And with a willing mind. For the Lord searches the heart and understands every motive behind the thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Did you get it now? So that is the, that is the nugget which Solomon got from his dad. And he continued. So, if you look therefore, he has God, discerning heart, to govern your people. And to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern these great people of yours? So he's not looking for his self-interest. He's looking for the interest of God. That how can God be glorified in this uh, uh, kingship that I've been given? How can I reveal God? How can God man- how can I manage this without God? Anytime your interest is in God's interest, then God will bring provision for you to fulfill the vision. Satan has no power to stop a vision of a Christian. He can stop vision of people outside, but not a Christian. Because if a Christian can understand God's principle, impossible. Impossible. When, the, when your God is on your steering wheel, I will see the demon that can come and stand on the way. But then he says, the Lord was pleased that Solomon have asked for this. Listen, verse 11. So God said to him, since you have not asked since you have asked for this and not for long life. Selfish interest. I want to live long. Why should God allow you to live long? If your intention to live long is not to be a help to support humanity and bring them to God, then you have no right to live long. No. He says, he did not ask for long life or wealth for himself. He didn't ask, you didn't ask well for yourself. No, have, have asked for de- uh, the death of your enemy. My enemy fall down, die. My enemy fall down, die. All who prayed are murderers. Because the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. If you use your prayer to kill a man, you are a murderer. Not manslaughter, really. Even you are a murderer. Because you have malice aforethought. The only thing you did not have is physical weapon, and the mouth you use is a weapon of destruction to kill people. And it's Satan that answered that prayer, not the God of heaven. Because God said here, you didn't ask for the death of your enemies. I'm happy because you didn't do that. I want your enemy to repent. That's why Jesus died. But you ask for discernment in administering justice, which is God's heart. You ask for Blessing so that you can help the poor. You ask for blessing so that you can fund the gospel. You ask to be promoted so that you can be able to take decisions that will help the downtrodden. Whether they are black or white, it does not matter. All life matters. As a child of God, anyone that is robbed justice, a Christian should stand for him regardless of his race and color. And when you are in the top there to take decision, your decision must not be sectarian. It must not be color-led. It must be God-led. Anybody who is downtrodden is what a Christian to fight for. Anything contrary to that is the, is the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah. I, say it, I said it and I will say it again. 
I'm a, I can say because I'm a black man. Protesting against, you know, uh, people, uh, uh, race, is not what changes things. It is being in the position to change policy. And that's what all black people should train their children to attain education. So that we can rise high and our children can take over in our time. They will change the policy of nations. They shouldn't join people who are just aimlessly walking about the streets of marauders. Walking in line with the will of God of heaven. Who will go for us, he says. He didn't say who will protest for us. <clears throat> he said, because you are looking to administer justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, number one, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there be. Moreover, verse 13, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor. Do you see how riches and honor can come? When your interest is God's interest, not self-interest. So that in your lifetime, you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my status, you see your condition to, to succeed in life, the condition to fulfill vision is to walk in the ways of God and to obey his status. Subject every knowledge you have under the status of God and command as David your father did, I will give you long life. To live long is to obey the regulation of long life. It's no prayer. To live long, you need to obey. The Bible says, if anyone wants to live long, let him keep his mouth from speaking God. You want to live long? Obey the regulations of God. He says, I will give you long life. Then Solomon woke up and he realized it was a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the Lord of the Lord's covenant and sacrificed burnt offering and fellowship offering. Then he gave a feast for all his cause. Now, write this down in conclusion. For visions to be fulfilled, one, you must make your vision, you must write down your vision in plain language. You write down the vision in plain language. You will see all these things I'm reading for you in the life of Solomon and others who fulfill vision. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. The Lord answered me and said, write down the vision and make it plain on tablet. This is New King James Version. That he may run who reads it. The other, the NIV says, write down the revelation and make it plain. So that heralds may run. A vision is not what one man can fulfill. There are heralds that will run with vision. And vision should not be written in coded language. Because if God gives you a vision, you write it in coded language, the day you go back to it, you will not understand what you are written. It should be made in plain language. Number two, vision is an expression of your intention for the future. Write that down. What is vision, by the way? It's the expression of your, of your future. Habakkuk 2.3 says, For the vision is yet for a time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Though it tarries, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not tarry. I love that. Few things you need about vision. Vision should be written down in plain language. But vision is not what he's talking about today. He's talking about a time. Which talks about, I, I, I'm so glad to know what you went through in the day. In the seminar in the day, they had some economists who came to teach them. 
some people who are who are you know MBAs and stuff like that, uh, you know, on business and all stuff. Vision, therefore, because vision talks about an end, you must have a long-term vision. Then, though it tarries, it will not tarry. You must break your long-term vision to short-term goals. If you have a 10-year plan, you must break it to 5-year plan, 3-year plan, every year plan, and then to daily activity. So that everything you do in each day is, is focused or guided by your ultimate vision. Because vision is your ultimate goal. If you do that, you need to know this vision don't lie. But if you don't do what you ought to do daily, and you set a target for five years, I'm telling you by five years, you are just beginning. But the vision don't lie. <laughs> it doesn't lie. Though it may look as if it's delayed, it's never delayed. It is never delayed when you take it one day at a time. I'm sure that those who spoke to you in the day covered the... I don't want to go into those principles now because I'm sure they covered all that. Mm -hmm. You know, you must be able to organize yourself daily for you to understand that everything you do daily is in line with what you want to become in three years' time, in five years' time. You don't have a goal and do nothing about it. If you get to the year, you will discover that you have not left your, your terminals. So if you look at this, therefore, it needs... Budgeting, it needs planning, it needs thinking thoroughly through, and it needs tenacity, it needs patience, endurance, and it needs commitment. Not somebody talking about, but somebody doing something daily. So, number three, let me now give you these principles, practical principles now. You must count the cost of your vision before you embark on a vision. Counting the cost. Look in Luke chapter 14, verse 20 to, 20 to 30, Jesus says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower, he will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it. Not faith. Not faith. And I was told that somebody asked a question in the day. When you start a business, is it good to take a loan? No, is the answer. A person who started a business with a loan is a bankrupt person before he starts. You are bankrupt already. Of course, you need to understand the fact that, you know, I don't know whether they covered this. That is the legal definition of partnership and limited liability company. So that people don't, don't the people have understanding of what they are doing. If you are a partner, if you do just partnership or normal way of business, if your business crashes, you are the one responsible. But your business should be an entity and you are an entity. And that is the better way to do business. So if your business is an entity which is a limited liability company, if you go to bank in the name of that business, the bank owes or they have the obligation to ensure that you tick all, your business tick all the boxes before they give you a dime. But if you are the one presenting yourself as the business, your your credit record can be tainted where you will not be able to even borrow money for the next 10 years or whatever. And Jesus said that before you start a business, have money. So it means that you cannot leave university in first degree and then you start a business. It's a wrong approach. Go and serve somewhere and save money while you are developing your business. 
and do your business. Don't, don't think of attacking business in a big way. A small man can never do something big. It takes a small man to do small things. It takes a big man to do big things. Let me give you an scenario. Two lawyers left law school. One of them went to work with the top law firms and served there for 15 years. The other lawyer just, because he has license now, he set up a, a practice. I want you to know that the problem of that first lawyer will be that the first year, second year, third year, what he's doing may not be able to even feed him. Because you'll only earn from what comes in. Whereas the one who went to serve in a big organization, he will be started with a salary. In 10 years' time, he will have grown. He will have become a partner. Not only that, he will have known big organizations like the organization he served with. He will have worked for various clients who will associate with him, identify with him as a person. And people who are good like that, by 15 years, they say they want to leave. The company cannot afford to lose them. They, are, they offer them partnerships straight away. The money they'll be earning, they'll be sharing from the profits. And without her, they're growing right here on time. Moreover, if they decide to go and set up such practice, they have network of customers. They have knowledge what is, that is brought. Same thing with a medical doctor who just finished medical school and went to set up a clinic. What do you know that you are setting up a clinic? So if you are just having a first degree, what do you know in business? That is inordinate ambition. If you did not serve, you can never be served. I will be now. I will give you some scriptures that will end up this now. So, count the cost. Second thing in that scripture is that when you have vision, have a big vision. Don't have vision that you can acquire. Because Jesus said that if a man wants to build a tower, he didn't say if a man wants to build a bungalow. Your vision must be big such that others can succeed in the vision when you get to full, fullness of it. He said, will you not cut the cost, estimate the cost and see if you have enough money to complete it. Don't embark on a business looking for loan because you are bankrupt before you start. He says, for if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him. You know what people always think? What devil make people think is that, oh, if I start my business in a short time, five years, I'm a millionaire. If you are going to business because you want to become a millionaire, you have been fooled by Satan. You need to look at the businesses on earth. How many of the business owners are millionaires? A person who started a business with the intention that I want to be a millionaire, he has been fooled by the devil. The devil will frustrate it because it is not in line with God. The Bible says, He that gathered money little by little, make it grow. He says, The vision, though he tarry, he will not tarry. He speaks of a time. Don't let the devil deceive you. Let me say this to you now. You know, there are some of you who go involved and set up trading desk and say you are trading uh, currency and stuff. None of you who listen to me should go and join people like that. It will frustrate you. And if you are not careful, you end up in jail. If you want to go to Forex, go and read, qualify, work for the big... Go, go to the stock exchange and work for them. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do it. When you do this dummy trading they give you, they will make, they, the people write the program. They make sure you are making money. You are making money. The moment you, you stop dormitory and you put your money there, everything will just go boom. They have taken your money. 
money doubler. They can only deceive people who are greedy. Don't expect that you just get up as a young man, you want to be a millionaire. For what? You need to serve. You need to have experience. You need to work hard. And it's only God who blesses it. If you jump with two, step, two legs up, you cannot expect your, your fall will be like somebody who just took a step. It will be disaster. Foundation, able to finish. Everyone who sees you will ridicule you if you are not able to finish. And Luke chapter 14 verse 31. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not force it down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose, to oppose the one that is coming in? He's simply counting the cost. Let me tell you. What about if somebody wants to start a business and you are working? Yes, you can start a business while you are working in a company. You can do some other little business with your time. But you see, you cannot resign from a gainful employment to face a business full-time unless that business can pay minimum what you are earning your gainful employment. Mm -hmm. Are you with me now? Oh, I will step up by faith. It's not faith, it's foolishness. Because this is the Bible. Jesus is the one talking here. Because, you see, when you earn a salary, your responsibilities and liabilities is addressed by the salary you earn. So the moment you cannot understand at the end of the month, you, you, are, you are already in the belt of poverty line. Okay? So if you are having full-time work and your, your work allows it, you can take other jobs. As right now, you have a lot of internet work you can do which does not affect your work and make sure that there's no conflict of interest because if your office knows about that, you are fired. So, but you cannot say, I'm starting a business, I'm resigning from gainful employment, and I'm believing God for provision. That has not believe God for provision. No, start that business and raise that business that the business can. Unless if you are starting, having served in an organization for years, you are going with clients, you are going with experience, you have the knowledge, and you know the terrain well. And if you do that, and you have saved money that can continue to maintain you for the period that you are trying to recover, which from intellectual uh, academic reasoning, about three years, you know. Mm. You are expected that you don't make any profit. But if you are going to expect that you don't make any profit by theory for three years, you must have money stored in bank that can handle your liabilities, your rent, your responsibility to your wife, to your husband, to your children. They cannot hear you are working by faith. You know, they hear money. They don't hear faith. Mm. Mm -hmm. Marriage can go into another level if money is not there. Money that have been coming before, and the decision of one foolish partner of the marriage now brought calamity. You cannot go and say to God that, you know, God help me because you are the one who didn't listen to God. Now, number four, you must take adequate advice. These ones will be very, very fast. You must take adequate advice. I said to you, one, vision must be plain. Two, vision must be expressed. Uh, it is the expression of, of your intention for the future. Number three, counting the cost. And number four, take adequate advice. Proverbs 13, 10. It says, Right only breeds quarrel, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Those who take advice. You'll find wisdom in those who take advice. You understand me? Number five, 
We are talking about vision and fulfillment. Things you need to do to fulfill vision. Be honest and also save regularly. While you are working, be saving regularly. You know, that was a question that one of the young ones asked. You know, if I, my parents are giving me 15 pounds a week, how can I, you know, um, uh, you know do, if I want to do business and stuff like that? This is it. If you are earning 10 pounds a week as a Christian, a young boy, that's what we did. And you should know this. Pay your tithe first to God. And out of your 10 pounds, be so shrewd so that you can save one pound. You know, many people don't understand to save five pounds a week is, is not too small. To save one, one pound a week is not too small. Because when you look at that money for 10 years, 20 years, you will see how huge you will become. And so the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 13 verse 1, Dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. Be honest as a Christian because if you add dishonest money to a large money, Satan will enter the world and destroy your large reserve. Don't be smart in your own eyes. Be righteous in your heart. None of you should be in a haste to make money because you are better with peace living and enjoying God than to go into sinful money. Same thing if you are a minister, cajoling people. God said that, you know, 10 of you should give 10,000 or one, two, three of you should give. All those things are the devil. Any minister says that he's possessed. He's possessed. It's so simple. Because God don't say things like that. The God that we serve, the Bible, God doesn't say things like that. Because he has said it in the book of Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. He said about giving. He said each one should give according to what he has decided, not according to what somebody had told you that God is saying. For God loves cheerful giver. I, what you have decided in your heart. So all those who say that God is telling me that you have miracle money, all the miracle money, they are all magicians. Those who have been preaching miracle money, they are the only ones who have the money and they will pay with their life before God. I haven't robbed people and given them false hope. And they give people to who are greedy them. You two, you want quick money. You didn't hear that dishonest money didn't lose away. Go and look at all of them. The money didn't lose away. That money they get, they cannot have peace to enjoy it. But gathering money little by little make it grow. Number six. Good planning leads to profit. I'll tell you three things that lead to profit. Good planning leads to profit. You must do proper business plan. And plan your life well. Jesus said it. A pastor who doesn't plan can never have success. So he's also a member. Proverbs 13, 14, 23. All hard work brings profit. Did you see that now? Oh, what am I? I'm giving you the sixth, isn't it? The sixth, yes. The sixth is this. Good planning leads to profit. Yes? Proverbs 21, verse 5. The plan of the diligent leads to profit. As surely as haste leads to poverty. I want to get quick. I want to get rich quick. At the age of 18, I'll be a millionaire. At the age of 21, I'll be a millionaire. It is from the devil. It's not from God. If, if God is the one speaking to you, say, at the age of 18, I'll be speaking in tongues. At the age of 21, I will have been going to heaven. I'll be operating in the gate of the Spirit. Then that is God. But if somebody says that, I will be rich, I'll be this. Those who had it before you, they grow to the age of 60 to recognize that money don't come like that. 
plan of diligence. You have to be diligent when you are planning. It leads to profit. And surely, his, I want to get rich quick, get rich quick, get rich quick. They are going to play pool. Is it pool they call it or what they call this thing they play in television? This is something that they say they win. What do you call it? They win? No, 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 no. They win. The lottery. Uh-huh. I had someone say, but actually, Christian play lottery. Ah, okay. If you play lottery, I can guarantee you, you will not win. <laughs> because God does not decide. Holy Ghost is not in lottery. He have told every haste leads to poverty. He that gathered money, little by little, make it grow. Number seven. You understand this? Good planning leads to profit. Number seven. All hard work leads to profit. Procrastination and mere talk leads to poverty. Big, big talk and do nothing. For the past three years, I will go and read. I will go and read. You have not read. You have seen where you are for three years. I will do this. I will do that. You have just been for three years. You didn't start. I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Proverbs 14, 23. All hard work bring profit. Bring a profit. But mere talk leads to poverty. The last one is number seven. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. That is vision and fulfillment. Proverbs 16, 3 to 4. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do. Your plans will succeed. You will find that in everybody who has success. With all this planning and all this uh, re- you know, regulation, working in righteousness, connecting your heart with the heart of the Father, you know, is being inspired by things in line with God's will and stuff like that. And if the flesh comes, you shock it out. You chuck it out. You don't allow the flesh to rule over you. That's number eight, isn't it? Number one, visions should be written in plain language. Number two, vision is the expression of your intention for future. Number three, counting the cost. You must count the cost. Number four, take advice. Number five, be honest and save regularly. Number six, good planning leads to profit. Number seven, all hard work leads to profit. And procrastination and mere talk leads to poverty. And that is Proverbs 14.23. Then number eight, commit to the Lord whatever you do. I will call it the underlining factor. It says Proverbs 16.3-4. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. The Lord works everything out everything for his own end. Even the wicked for the day of disaster. And I will say this to you. You must know this. That unless God blesses you, you cannot be blessed. We were born naked. And after some time, by one way or the other, that we do not know. And I say we do not know because we just discovered that daily we are achieving things, daily we are achieving things, daily we are achieving things. And one day you discover that, oh, all what I've been doing here and there, they amount to uh, pushing me forward in life. And then you who came into an office as an admin officer, you are now a director. All right? You who didn't have much money before, you now have millions. That you can spare. You have more than enough you can spare. You have that great wealth. You have houses here, houses there, and all stuff like that. But remember, when God brings you to the, that place, remember, it's not by your power. So that you don't allow yourself to fall into the sin of pride. Looking down on others who are of low estate. 
So Deuteronomy 8, verse 17 to 18 says, You may say to yourself, My power and my strength, the strength of my hand, have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God. It is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirming His covenant, which He swore to your forefathers, as it is today. Abilities to, the ability to produce wealth comes from God. But all what we read to you are practical things you do that will turn that ability into wealth. I told you that God don't give you money. He gives you ability to produce wealth. God gives riches as well. That is, He makes ways for you to acquire, you know, riches of this world. In Psalm, yes, um, in Psalm 37, 19, I, I read to you. It says, in the time of disaster, you will not wither. In the days of famine, you will enjoy plenty. So God opened doors of plenty to those who seek him. But I want to, talk, I want to stop here today. Because we have been under barrage since morning. And for the past uh, five days, we have been having day seminar and evening seminar. If you miss the day seminar, all right, and you are a youth, let me say if you are less than 50 or 50 downwards, or if you are a business person, recognize this. The guys who spoke in the seminar in the day, some of them are business tycoons. They are highly qualified academic people who are working in conglomerates and well-placed. So they did not just, they are not just boys or girls coming to Ratu. There are people who handle portfolios of millions in their organization. And the privilege we have in this church is that people like them are selfless. They have come out of their busy schedule to share with people uh, the available opportunities where the economy is sending to so that people can begin to know what to do, how to do, where to do it. I believe very much that uh, in the day, the, the uh, programs are recorded. But this night one, you can always see it on the YouTube. But I'm sure that the one in the day, they have recorded it, them all, and you can, you can, you can access them. We're going to pray now. I want us to pray. You pray for yourself, just like, like um, Solomon prayed. Father, give me heart, a discerning heart. Tell the Lord. Give me a discerning heart. Begin to ask the Lord for discerning heart so that you will be able to understand, have knowledge in the area of the profession of business that God has, has sent you. He said, how can, I, how can I govern these people? Lord, he asked God not for wealth. He asked God for wisdom, knowledge and understanding. Ask God for wisdom in your career, in your field, knowledge in your career and your field. Those of you who are ministers, you need the knowledge, especially now that COVID has changed the platform of economy. First Kings chapter 3 verse 9. So give your servant discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between the right and wrong. 
He said, give your servant an understanding heart. Tell the law. Understanding heart is a combination of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Tell the law. As you reveal yourself to Solomon in the dream, reveal to me also. Appear to me in my dream. Change my dream, O God. Tell the Lord, Father, we pray thee, in Jesus' anointed name we are praying. In Jesus' name. You know that the Lord told us during this prayer session that we have been having, which today is the 134th day of prayer. The Lord told us, and we shared that together in the month of um, April, June, that as we are praying, God will give us insight. You know, things that we need to do. Areas that, you know, economy is tending to, so that you will position yourself, and then when it happens, you are in money. God said that this is a time for Christians to take over the finance of this world because of the end time revival. Mm. Are we together? And, you know, I think in the month of June, when we entered July, really, at the first week, God said we should pray this prayer that everything He had revealed to you within April and May that you should implement it. Because God spoke to me too. People phoned me from among you who God visions who got insights, diverse things. Mm. But you see, it is not a mere talk. It is not a mere talk. You have, you have read it to you in the book of Proverbs. It is no mere talk. No more room for mere talk. It is now room for action. Mere talk leads to poverty. All hard work brings profit. Proverbs 14.24 You are going to pray, Holy Spirit, help me now. Send your fire into my body. Every attitude that is contrary to God in me, destroy them. Every form of laziness, destroy them. Reprogram my mind. Lift up your voice and begin to ask God. Reprogram my mind to be in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Lord, destroy every form of laziness. Every form of weariness, tiredness, let them be pulled out of my system. Help me, O oh God, to be hardworking, that my mind will work like clock in the name of Jesus, in line with the work of him. Jesus said, my father is working till today, and I also am working. Every form of laziness, take them out of us. Father, deliver us from all this form of laziness, attitude. Help us to run with the vision. Tell the Lord, as you are revealed to me, help me to wake up and write them down. As you inspire me, help me to stop and write them down. So that we will not be having mere talk only, but we will commit ourselves to doing what you have said. And your name shall be glorified. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Stretch your hands before the Lord and let me bless you. You will succeed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, believe in God, you will be established. Mm-hmm. Believe in his prophet, you will prosper. Amen. Because you have heard the word of God, you are established. Amen. I stand in my office that the Lord has created for me before I was conceived. Mm-hmm. As an oracle of God, I say, you will succeed. Amen. Amen. I say, everything that the devil had done in your body, 
to weaken you, to weary you, I say, in the name of Jesus, they are pulled out. I decree that the fire of God will pass through your mind and reprogram your mind. I decree that the fire of God will pass through your body and destroy all sickness and weariness. Anything the devil has established to hinder you, I decree, heaven shall arise and destroy them from you. Satan will not be able to hinder you. The powers of this age will not prevail against you. According to the word of the Lord, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you. Over this week, this night, I had encounters with God. And that encounter is very, very interesting. There are some prayers we pray today. At the early morning of the day, in the book of Zechariah, and the Lord began to speak those things to me again and again. And I said to you, the Lord will defend your house. Amen. The Lord will defend your cause. Amen. The Lord will defend your life from Amen. marauding forces. Amen. Never again will an oppressor overrun you. Amen. Because of the blood of covenant with you, the Lord will set free your prisoners Amen. from the waterless system. Amen. The Lord will have me read this to you. It's in the book of Zechariah. It says to Zechariah, the hand of Zerubbabel had laid the foundation of this temple. His hand will also complete it. Every good thing that you have begun, you receive power to complete. Amen. The spirit of completion will come upon you. Amen. Resources will come for you to fulfill all visions and all dreams. He says for that the Lord will return to his house. I say, in this season, the Lord will return to you. Amen. Your land will give birth again to fruits. Amen. The Lord will open the dew of heaven and send the dew upon you. I say in the name of the Lord, in this season, your field will give birth to fruits. Amen. Your labor will be rewarded. Amen. The powers of this age will never be able to steal your harvest any longer. Amen. You will reap what you have sown. Amen. In the name of Jesus Amen. Christ of Nazareth. May the Lord answer you. May the Lord answer you. May the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from Zion. May he grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offering. May the Lord God give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. You will shout for joy when you are victorious. And you will lift up the banner of the name of the Lord. In this month of August, it shall come to pass. Heaven over you shall rain down rain. That will wet all the works of your hand. Your vision that you have abandoned. Holy Ghost will bring it back to your mind. Areas that you are confused. By night, God will send his holy angel to give you direction. They will give you specific instructions. And all the requests you are presented before heaven, before now. I say that before this end of this week, the Lord will read through your requests. And he will grant your request. Amen. You will succeed in everything 
that heaven has ordained for you. Amen. So shall it be for you. Amen. And so it is. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying with us again. Amen. And amen. Sure that we have been blessed, every one of us. Why don't we lift up our voices together and just thank God for the success of this ministry? I will pray a prayer of thanks. Lord, we bless your name. We exalt and magnify thee for answering us, for impacting to us, for transforming us. We give you the praise and honor and glory for the manifestation of your grace upon our lives. You have revived us again. You have challenged us again. We have been fired up again. And we are going for it. And your name shall be glorified. Lord, we bless your name. Father, we exalt you. Thank you for all the seminars this week. We have been fully loaded. Blessed be your holy name, O King of Heaven. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. May the Lord continue to strengthen and bless you all. Amen. Amen.